On today's episode of Back of the Bird, we are pleased to be joined by Las Vegas Desert Dog Jacob Rue. We also chat about some trades, some new GM news, and some milestones around the league. And also, stay tuned to the end of the show for an exciting announcement for the Bird Gang. Without further ado, let's get into it. This is episode 71 of Back of the Bird. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. If you want to sign, this is it. You're mad, your magic, you're as hard as a gun. You want to play with fire, consider this. You'll chase the thrill if it's worth it. Cause you never ever want to work for it. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. You got a spine of steel and a roar of thunder. As always, that was our good friend Boston Levi with his hit song, Run, Baby, Run. We are so thankful to him for continuing to let us use his music. Let's get into the show. All right, we're back. What feels like kind of a little bit of a while. We had a little bit of a different episode last week. We're back to the guests this week, but episode 71, Back of the Bird, presented by Cottage Springs. Get out there, get your springsies, drink them up. It's still, it's still spring season in the wintertime flavors they're out i think again i say it every time let's dive into it Polly. how you doing buddy i'm doing well thank you um yeah that's that's pretty much it just kind of in you know a little bit of a long break from lacrosse too kind of with with christmas but yeah man we're back in and now just kind of looking forward to the next four months really just kind of playing and doing 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 the damn nll thing I like it. I like it. How's the, how's uh double dad life going? It's good, man. Yeah. So far. So good. I mean, like, like, I don't know. It changes, but like doesn't change. Yeah. Just, but she's good, man. Like, um, you know, it's just this newborn stuff. You can't really get into a routine till like a couple months, which is like tough, but wife's killing it. She's just mom, wife, just everything of the year. So makes makes my life easy. So can't complain. Max starting to kind of be interested in her too, which is kind of cool. He's starting to realize like this thing isn't leaving, it's staying. Yeah. And at first he's like, oh, it's just whatever. Maybe another cousin. But now he's like, shit, this thing's staying. But hey, he's he's good, man. So that's awesome. Donnie, yeah. what's going on with you, buddy? Nothing, boys. Big uh well, actually, I shouldn't say nothing. This is a big week for me. I um I'm playing on Saturday in Philly, and then I'm moving to uh, to Fort Worth on uh, beginning on Sunday. Uh, about a two day drive, about twenty hours of driving. Uh, so I'll probably do it over like two days and a little bit on Sunday. So uh, leaving DC, uh, obviously a little bit bittersweet. Had a good, uh, you know, a good couple month run here in DC, and then just leaving the Maryland area. Uh, obviously bitter, bittersweet after a great year at Maryland. So uh, it's exciting, and then. You know, just to echo what Paul said, it's nice to kind of be done with the holiday here. And uh, for the most part, we have a, a bye weekend next weekend. For the, for the most part, the games kind of come pretty quick here. So it's uh, it's good to be back in routine. And, uh, yeah, on the subject of uh, of Polly too, you know, I, our our listeners got a, a probably a welcome break from hearing my voice last time. But I want to say congrats to Lee and Patton, too. He, had, uh, he and his wife had a, a baby uh, not too long ago. We actually were in the casino in Vegas having breakfast and his wife went into labor and he ended up flying home. And so congrats to them. And, and I'm sure he's enjoying 
uh, dad life, but kind of a cool story there. So congrats to Patsy and his wife. That's awesome. Good shit. Same old here. Just living, working away. About to, uh, about to dump, I guess, back-to-back weeks here with the bird, the bird cup. Uh, we got Polly on Sunday, a little matinee action. Um, battling with NFL playoffs should be a, should be, should be, where would you rather be? Yeah, <laughs> should be a treat uh, on Sunday, but uh, big, want to give a big shout out to uh, our boy, Boston Levi. We had a, we practiced tonight over at Memorial arena there in Brampton and ALL boys were on after us and we came out, came off the floor and what do I hear playing in their room? But, uh, but a little bit of thief by Boston Levi coming no out. Of way. The so um, pretty cool. Um, that's yeah. I'm sure he'll love to hear that. I haven't told, I haven't texted him yet, but um, kind of a cool little thing going on there. So yeah, same old here. Just, just work and traveling. It's the weeks, the weeks are quick here, man. Cause I'm flying up like, Thursday sometimes here so I can work Fridays um from the hotel so like three nights in the hotel it's like the weeks are just it's crazy but you get to see grumpy dill or no yeah I did I saw dill um so I and I I I told him I thought I saw him at the leaf game too and he said he probably wouldn't have seen me he was having a bit of an evening but um yeah it was good good to see dill it was uh it's wild I guess like I mean the last time I would have played it I'm like I was like a rookie so it's kind of crazy but um but yeah, what an arena, what a place there, that new turf, old stringy turf, but yeah, it's kind of weird. Eh? It's kind of like, uh, it's like almost more like grass compared to what we're, what we're used to. Yeah. It's a little more slippery. Like I, I like it, but it's like weird. Cause it's like slippery. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, might as well dive into it. So just a few things around the league, Dutchy, we touched it is a thousand thousand point marker. Did it against Calgary? Yeah. That's kind of kind of cool for him and really cool for him actually. That's so many points. And then Benny seventh all time in points. Do we have yeah. a total number? What that is? I don't know what it is. I think he's uh, man a lot. Yeah. It's got to be a lot. Yeah, it's got to be like fourteen hundred. No, not that much. Probably like twelve to thirteen hundred. I think it was thirteen thirteen eleven or something like that. There you go. Yeah. Anyways, that's a shit ton of points too, which is wild. I guess on that note, on the Calgary side of things, we had a um, we had a trade go down with uh, with Josh Courier um, going from Sask back to Calgary, reunited with his brother. So um, that's uh, I think it's I mean good pickup for them, and uh, I think he was kind of the odd man out in Sask. So um, I think it works out for for both sides there. But um, I know Polly. I think we I don't know if we talked about Doc last time. No, um, we didn't. Okay, so I'll pass that one over to you because I, I I didn't really know. Yeah, I mean, with, with that being said, I I got to meet Doc uh, a handful of times again. I didn't really get to know him like other guys did, but kind of that name was synonymous with lacrosse, especially you know BC lacrosse. And I, I you know I think Teddy Jenner off the crossbar did a nice tribute, but uh, he's a guy who, by all intents purposes, anytime you ever talk to anyone that new doc edges he was a guy that would kind of give you his shirt off the back was you know a philanthropist you know just an unbelievable guy and and kind of my first you know little funny story i guess the first time i actually got to meet meet doc hedges was he was the man cup doctor in the 09 man cup brampton versus um new west and new westminster and this guy 
I think I told you, but like everyone was just getting toward all shots and like even Troy Quint, this guy must have given out a gazillion toward all shots. But again, just you talk about, you know, anyone that he used to, the guys used to live at his house. I think Rosie lived at his house. Patty Coyle lived at his house back in the day. So anyways, just, just a great guy, a guy that, you know, the sport needs who would do anything for the sport of the cross or any for guys in the cross, but just, sad that that he's gone but again just one of you know the nicest human beings you know anyone's ever met so kind of kind of sad that we we got to say goodbye to him but he was a hell of a guy yeah and i think it's uh i think it's always i mean it's always hits the lacrosse world hard when when you lose somebody in it because it is so close but the amount of times you just see his face popping up right different guys that knew him and, and everybody out west in ontario guys like anyone really right so it's uh lost a good one um so so rest in peace to doc but obviously left left a um a strong impact on a lot of different people that hopefully kind of pass it along um and, and kind of keep him uh keep his memory alive that way but um yeah re- real quick on that too I obviously i absolutely agree with everything you guys have said just wanted to share uh pat coyle actually tweeted about a celebration of life for doc uh january 25th at 2 p.m coquitlam alliance church uh, there's an address I'll put it in the show notes. We'll share it on social media. And there's also a streaming link on YouTube. So we'll make sure that uh, back of the bird fans, um, you know, have access to that stuff. But if that is something you'd like to participate in, I just wanted to share that because I saw it on Twitter the other day. Awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. I think uh, this week too, we got Jacob Bruet, um, absolute beauty playing, uh, playing in Vegas. We're going to get to his interview shortly here. Um, we spent some time together in junior too. So it's, uh, we've got some, some good stories from there. We'll see how many get out there, but, uh, some news to around the league, uh, Vancouver GM, Dan Richardson, assistant GM. I don't know his name. I forget it. That's kind of fucked. Um, but, uh, they've stepped down, uh, in Vancouver. So vacant GM role in Vancouver. Um, and, and with New York, we, uh, they've let go, uh, Jimmy Veltman there, um, and, and Rich List, who's going to be taken over. And then kind of right away, it was uh, a trade um, with Jake Fox going to Panther City and um, and Chad Cummings coming back to the to the Riptide. Um, so obviously, you know, it's like anything we talk about, it's tough to see guys you go or, you know, um, and play with and spend a lot of time with kind of traded away. But um, these things happen, especially if you're not winning. Um, Shake up happens. So, um wish Foxy nothing but the best. And, and, uh, it's another, you know, one of the OG riptide men gone. Uh, there's not many of us left. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, but, um, I guess. Did they, it, not to cut you off, did they, there's been no announcement about who's taken over. Like obviously rich takes over for you guys. Yeah. Um, but there's been, there hasn't been an announcement for who takes over in, in van. Has there yet? I don't think so. I believe it's just like, says like even like in term though. I don't think there's been an interim. No. No, I don't think so. Okay. That'll be interesting to see who kind of gets that job. Again, I think, you know, I think it's a good thing over in Vancouver. I think they just kind of need a little more direction in what they want to do. But I think, you know, you throw someone in there, that's a hell of an opportunity for someone to to come into a, a good situation and build something over there. Hey, Bird fans, this is Donnie here really quickly. We recorded this on Thursday. Since then, there's been new information. Troy accordingly has been named the general manager as well as the head coach of Vancouver. So just wanted to kind of clear that up because as we recorded, we weren't sure it was still interim, but Troy accordingly will take over the GM role in addition to his current role as head coach in Vancouver. All right. Did well, I, uh, r- real quick, did I tell you on the pod about um, 
in when we were in Vegas and I I did the interview after the game? No, no. So okay, so we're in, so we've played in Vegas. Uh, game's over, and th- this is the obviously the first game ever in Vegas. Uh, I got to do the interview after the game, so I'm waiting at like mid floor, and this guy like ten rows up, who's like maybe fifty five, just starts going in on me. Donville, you can loser, you pussy, you suck. He's like saying I got a small dick and everything, and like <laughs> he's like holding up his pinky like this. He's like Donville, you suck, you loser. And I was like, what the hell is going? Is this what the league is like? Like what the hell is going on right now? And the uh, Devin Caney was like, do you know that guy? And I was like, no, I have no clue who that guy is. And I don't know why he's so angry because this is the first ever game in Vegas. But also I was like, you know, low key fired up because it was like so passionate awesome fans and stuff. Yeah. Did you but go at him at all? Oh my God. No, I was just laughing. It was like yeah. hilarious. This guy's just go. And there was, so that game ended in like kind of a brawl and there's probably like 10 people coming up behind our bench, like fans, like chirping our coaches, telling them they're going to fight them and stuff. And again, like first game ever there. These, Love that. The, just right the into Vegas it. fans just hit the ground running. I actually just ran into a worm, you know, friend of the pod, active listener of the pod. He just got back from Vegas. He said the second game was good crowd too. So that's like two in a row, good crowds in Vegas, which is kind of exciting. So, and then kind of hearing that part of it, that they're just absolute mutants already. That's also exciting. Cause it's like, sometimes you kind of get people in there like, I don't really know what's going on, but it sounds like they're just fired up right away. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, it's cool too on the, uh, trying to think, I think it's on the, when it says there were night in the national anthem, the American national anthem, I guess the, the golden Knights have like the whole crowd yells it. And yeah. like this crowd did it like on cue so loud and it like caught us all off guard, obviously, uh, you know, yeah. but clearly like if anyone was wondering where the lacrosse fans are coming from, it's uh, clearly a lot of overlap with the, the golden Knights fans, but no, it was a sick place to play. It's right in the casino. You know, I think it should be a destination stop for any lacrosse fans. It's 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 a pretty sick spot there. Did uh, I, yeah, I guess we I guess we didn't get to talk to you since you played in that game. Did you run into Gretz? Anyone get to see any of the big wigs or no? Yeah, so they did the face off. It was on the floor for the face off was um, Paulina Gretzky, Wayne, oh. and Steve Nash. And Wayne like waved at our bench as he was going off the floor, and I was like joking with the boys. I was like, "Oh, I think he's waving at me." And then you know, I was like, "No, no, I was waving at me." So, like, <laughs> it was like, and then like totally surreal, like. There's so many famous people there that night. Like on uh, at one of the the media timeouts, they did like an in floor interview, or uh, in arena interview on the jumbotron, and it was with like Devonte Adams, the star wide receiver. Wide receiver, the, right? The, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then also in warm up, like a second warm up or first warm up, I come off, and Gretzky and those guys were doing like a photo op. There's a bunch of people kind of in this area, and Gretzky was doing a photo op, and I looked to my right, and Rick Tockett was there, and I was like, oh, wow. "What the hell?" Like. <laughs> What what are you doing here? Like, how many famous people are in the building tonight? And then Josiah obviously was there too, uh, who in himself, uh, in his own right, is is a famous person. So, uh, yeah, pretty sick, really That's cool awesome. spot. That's a, it's a yeah. nice little segue into our interview. This guy played plays for the plays for the Desert Dogs. So, um, it'll be and he scored the first goal in Desert Dog history. So that'll be kind of a maybe we'll have to touch on that a little bit. Get peel back the layers on what's going on in Vegas, but. Anything else we want to touch on before we throw it over to him? 
No, I think I think that's good. All right, beauty. Well, as all of our interviews are, it's brought to you by Lucky Penny Media. At Lucky Penny Media, we are a full-service marketing company without hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you, to you, and when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So here he is, Jacob Rubeck. All right. We are pleased to welcome our next guest, hailing from Cornwall, Ontario. He spent his junior career with none other than the Burlington Chiefs, leading the team in scoring for three consecutive years and finishing with 247 points in 67 games throughout his junior career. He spent his college days attending Robert Morris and would later on be drafted. I think this is right. Drafted to the Calgary Roughnecks. After a short stop in Calgary, he spent four seasons with the Colorado Mammoth squad, where he was a fan favorite, recording 73 goals and 115 assists before being traded to Albany. After a great season there, he now calls the Vegas Desert Dogs home. Welcome to Back of the Bird, Jacob Rue. What's going on, brother? Fellas, what's going on? Thanks, uh, thanks for thanks for having me on today, man. Long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> I was gonna say that. it's a long time coming. This one's a long time coming. We needed to. I didn't know. I you're a nomad there. I didn't know where you're living. What time? What time zone you're on? Or what's going on? But we've nailed if he it. Had internet or not? Yeah, but he's got yeah, the blurred yeah, yeah. background. We don't know what he's up to back there. You never <laughs> know what he's doing. But what's going on, man? Where are you always mix it up. Yeah, where are you at these days? Not much, man. So uh, out on uh, Vancouver Island now, living in Victoria. So I made the uh, made the move out here. I believe it was last summer. So I spent uh, the previous summer out here during that COVID year. And my girlfriend lives out here. So I got, got a taste for what the island life was like. And once our season finished up in Albany last year, I was living with a friend of mine in Cornwall. And then uh, decided to bounce over to Vic, spent the summer here. And then uh, my girlfriend and I decided to to get a spot for a year so i'm here for uh at least a year and definitely at the top for the uh, long time being but loving life out on the island right now man it's pretty pretty incredible i'm sure paul you have a good idea eh? but uh what's yeah. like out here i was just gonna ask you where where in victoria are you what area so i'm uh i'm just outside the downtown outskirts just uh, in cook street village so it's yeah uh, it's a pretty do- it's a dope location like a little trendy area some good uh good restaurants a good pub uh, i call home and then uh but uh got the the uh the beacon hill park down the road from us too yeah, so it's okay. just like a stone throw away yeah that's uh, unreal man. Awesome. i heard it's funny i heard you were moving out there kind of kind of around the same time as like and we, we can like dive into it but like around the uh, expansion draft i heard you moved out there and i was just like so jealous because yeah i love i love the island man it's it's a so is your girl from victoria no, so she's uh, she's actually from Ottawa. I, we had we met when I was uh, I was living in Ottawa for a bit, doing some school at University of Ottawa, and uh, we uh, I was actually working at Little Lemon, and she was a Little Lemon employee as well too. And then we came, kind of crossed paths over Christmas break one year, and uh, just kind of went from there, man. It's uh, I think we were on three years now, so it's uh, been going strong for that time, and made the move out west, so starting to really commit to it. So it's uh, it's getting pretty serious, I guess you could say. How hard was it to uh, just like try to? look at the schedule and try to make sure you were working at the same time or so you can get some time <laughs> in there i know yeah, your, yeah. i know your tricks yeah. exactly right yeah it works at lululemon oh i get it now yeah yeah this is this is great i think i'm gonna keep this but that's awesome yeah. man um yeah so how was i mean i well you know because we'll get into kind of playing out west and stuff like that so why don't we just kind of 
you born born and raised in Cornwall. What's it like? Uh, what's it like growing up there? And how'd you uh, how'd you pick up a stick? Yeah, so Cornwall, born and raised in Cornwall. That's uh, where my roots are. Grew up there. Spend my time there until about grade twelve. But uh, to pick up a stick, while lacrosse came to Cornwall. I think I was uh, it was about tyke tyke age, and when it first came to Cornwall, so I decided to sign up. I actually think it was my mom that had mentioned it to my dad to get me to sign up for lacrosse. So. Started from there, kind of grew up playing, uh, you know, box in the summer, hockey in the winters, typical kind of Canadian fashion. Um, and then we had, a, we had this back when we were called the Cornwall Bulldogs. So we were never anything special. We were just, we had a group of guys that kind of followed each other up in the ranks from, from minors all the way up to midget and played some junior B together. And we're more about it. Like we had the crew that we loved and loved what we were doing. So we kind of stuck to it and never like we ended up always being a C and a D team we ended up being B towards the end of our career so we saw a little bit of improvement as we went on but you know we still taught we have that crew that we grew up with today and really stick together in that sense too so it's pretty sick in that area now I'd be rem- I'd be remiss and I'd probably get some shit here if I didn't give Bonnie Bonnie Rue a huge shout out big fan of the pod from what I understand she's she's an avid listener and and what an absolute beauty spent a lot of time with my mom and junior but well We'll get into that too. So you, I mean, when you're kind of growing up through that, like, did you play in Aquasosony for one year? Is that right? Yeah. So I played, uh, it was Cornwall until I was midget. My second year midget, uh, I ended up going over to Aquasosony to play. Yeah, they, had, they had an A team. So we had a pretty strong team. We had um, Lyle, we had uh, Kai Tarwell, Seth Oaks called up, Hank Dillow, Trey Adams. So we had, we had a quite a, quite a, um, a good squad. We ended up playing this Canada summer games that summer. So ended up being worthwhile. Uh, and then from there, I ended up playing junior B in Cornwall. And then the next year played uh, kind of some junior B and junior A in Oksasi. So always had some, some ties to Oksasi playing in the middle of a minor and then some of my junior career. Who, uh, who would you be playing minor in Cornwall? Like, would you be playing the sauce and like Quebec teams or who, who kind of is that in that minor program over there? Yeah, I think uh, I forget. I don't know what the zone's called. It may be zone C or unless it's numbers now, but it's it's all the Ottawa team. So uh, Gloucester okay. and the PN, Oxaussi uh, ourselves. And I think like there was the odd Kingston team, then Quebec team every once in a while too. And then obviously Gonawaga too is in there. So it's uh, always played that uh, that kind of that Eastern Ontario, uh, I guess, Eastern Quebec type uh, type stuff. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Because how far is Cornwall from Ottawa? It's only like an hour or so? Yeah, so we're both uh, both uh, Ottawa and Cornwall, so right kind of middle there. Sweet. Oh, sorry, uh, yeah, Ottawa Montreal. Cool. So how does all right? So this is where we get into when we start playing together. How does this all go down? How do you how do you come to Burlington? And so it's uh, kind of a funny story. So I was uh, I was going to school um, in Cornwall. This is grade eleven, and. Uh, I was kind of just doing my thing. I was hanging out with the boys, having a good time. I was pretty much just okay with being okay, like living my life up to the Cornwall fashion. And uh, my mom saw this Hill Academy ad and she's like, hey, I think this would be a good opportunity for you. And I'm like, I'm like, nah, dude, I'm not about this. Like I'm chilling here. I'm good with my friends. Like this is kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm happy with where, where I'm at. And I was kind of upset to say that uh, when we went for a visit, I'm like, no, I'm not really about this. But I was uh, eventually overruled by my mom, uh, thankfully so, because it turned out to be uh, something pretty sick. So I ended up going to the Hill for my grade 12 year, 
uh, didn't know much about field, but ended up learning the game relatively quickly, being practicing every day and whatnot. But from there is when uh, I met Patty Corbs. That first year in the Hill, I was playing uh, junior B and junior A for the Sauce. And I was taking the train down on weekends from Toronto down to uh, to Cornwall and ended up being, it was pretty pretty brutal travel. So that next year, that PGA we had at uh, the Hill, Patty Corbs ended up reaching out. He's like, hey man, you want to come try out in Burlington? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Like that sounds a lot better. And uh, logistic wise, it made a lot more sense. So went out for a tryout and then uh, it all went well, I guess it kind of kind of went from there. And then we became buddies and tied it on for the next three summers. But uh, it's just kind of, it was one of those things that was fate, man. It's just like one thing led to another and it just turned into something kind of larger than I ever anticipated. So it's, uh, it's been pretty, pretty crazy journey and a fun ride. So like, that's wild that your mom, again, like, especially for listeners like Cornwall is not like a huge center like obviously you got the Ottawa area which is you know a pretty big center for the cross but like so why was she so sold on the hill like because there's not a ton of people coming from Cornwall it was probably you know probably making its mark as a good program but why would like why was she so set on you going there yeah I think uh I mean, she just saw an opportunity in me that I didn't see in myself. And I think I, she, she, she understood that I wasn't living up to some of my potential. And I think I was actually starting to go the other way. And so she said, you know, let's find an opportunity. I'll kind of challenge you and, and put you to work. But we also looked at Brewster, which is relatively close. We had some family friends that went there as well, too, both for hockey and lacrosse. Uh, Deerfield was another one in Massachusetts we looked at because we had a family friend go there. And then this was when the hill was kind of coming onto the scene. So when, yeah. when we went and visited, they're still in Kleinberg there running out of that church and when we had went oh so you were in the early early stages and yeah i wasn't sure if they're at the village so they were still at the church yeah so yeah Yeah. so my first year was at the village but my my, when i went to the visit they were still in kleinberg and like it was just the merrills were just they're so inviting right and they're so welcoming and i think that that really hit home and and you know come to think about it now they gave me experience or provided me an experience that you know no one else really could have had and i think that that my mom really felt that felt that sense of home in in that area and kind of being in their hands she felt comfortable leaving me there and then I think also just being relatively close to home she she knew I kind of wanted to, to spend some time at home the weekend so she gave me that opportunity to kind of just hit that trainer if I needed to so it uh kind of just ended up working man it felt like the most the best fit for me and I think initially it didn't but I think in the long run when I look back on it it was it was essentially like the best thing that could have had happened to me so I think she just she instructly knew that down deep down now and Mama's so she's She's got this mom. She's like, all right, I'm going to straighten this guy out. We're going to send him to this, this kind of like <laughs> private boarding school. Little does she know you're going to roll yeah, in. Exactly. You're, you're going to meet Patty Corbs. <laughs> we're going to be on the same team and we're going to just start figuring out a way to step into it. Left, right, center and have our fun. But still, I mean, some of the best times of my life are playing, like playing on that team and, and being around those guys. And obviously I, I don't think we, ever really met like our, our full potential. I don't like as a team. And when you, especially when you look back at it now, like all the guys that we had, and, but I wanted, I think we can talk about the quads night. I want to break this down. Do you remember? Okay. So, I mean, obviously we just, we get together at Patty Corbs. That was kind of like our thing. Like that's where you would stay during the summer. And um, it was like, it was me, you, was it younger? And, or was it me, yeah, you, Magnon? Because okay, that what it was, the four of us. I know Mag- Ags was there too, but so was so was Corbs. But I think Younger was as well. We must have had like a rotating crew for that. Yeah, but and what was it? So it was like a case of beer, 
like I think I, case of beer, bottle of wine, a sixty-year rum, and a liter of coke. Yeah, something like, and then and Does then makes sense. And then if we wanted to really get crazy, we'd have like a bag of all-dressed chips. <laughs> yeah, it was about, yeah, exactly. You if you want to black out, you're getting Doritos. <laughs> yeah, but the needless to say, what I mean, one of those in particular ended with <laughs> Patty Corb sleeping outside on the lawn. <laughs> on the patio furniture with a blanket on and his mom woke up and it was it was raining outside and he had like a really nice comforter just laying out in the rain and we're all like i think we were sharing his bed like we took his bed yeah but i mean some of the some of the most fun times Uh, i think she was she was telling us to go get him yeah yeah and like get mad she's like go get him we're like no no that's his problem yeah yeah he, (laughs) he chose that bed but i mean maybe talk a little bit about kind of just like those times and, and uh, well, not specifically those, but like other times of just kind of like, you know, we'd go out on a Friday and have to do a Saturday practice or whatever. And kind of what it, what it was like playing junior. Yeah, it was, uh, it was awesome, man. We had a wicked crew. And I mean, if you go back and look at that roster we had now, man, we were stacked. And I think you're alluding to this earlier. Like we, we did not reach our potential by any means. And I think, you know, we definitely read, we, we reached our potential off the floor, <laughs> maybe even exceeded a little bit, but uh, on the floor, man, I don't think we ever got to where we wanted to be, but you know, the crew we had was just incredible, man. I know that the, the, uh, the whole Burlington scene was, was just insane back then. And we'd hit the Oakville on the random nights too, but I think uh, the Dickens was another good one, but those Joe dogs nights were, were crazy, man. Remember ripping those trios down on, uh, on, uh, oh. was it Joe dogs and then, bouncing or and then there was one that was emma's back porch was 21 years old and we're always trying to figure out how to get into those bars yeah yeah i think we were trying we several times did the old fence hop in the back at emma's but for for those listening dude walk us through what the trio is oh yeah so the trio this is uh man i have i get just i get scared thinking about this so this was uh, something that we came up with. I don't even know if it was in Burlington or if it was down RMU one year. Um, but what it is, it's uh, it's a shot of tequila, a vodka cranberry, and a vodka rebel back to back to back. So you go the tequila first, the vodka cran that you chug, and then you chug the vodka rebel, and you have to do it in under a minute. And it was like one of those things that you think you're so cool doing, and you go, you're like, yeah, I did three trios tonight, but all of a sudden you can't walk and you're getting helped out of the bar thinking you're like, you're the man. Trios, it's called trios because <laughs> that's what you're from- seeing at the end of the night, just three of everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh man, it I was feel, hilarious. I that, feel like uh, that's an RMU thing because Mags had that when we were in in, in Roch Vegas too, <laughs> unless, or unless you brought that to RMU, but he talked about the trios too. Oh, oh yeah, I think that, like, and even like Joe Dogs had to stop serving them because I think they they started having like a two drink limit, and I don't know if it's because of that because we end up getting so like wild after drinking them, but there we would go back like yeah you can only drink two at a time. It's like all right, I'm gonna drink these really fast and serve this next one right after. Yeah, yeah, we were we were bending but, the rules. Uh, and I, I think we broke the system. Oh man, I know, and I, it makes me think of those times. So we used to have those. What were they like? Ten AM practices on on Saturdays or something? Or were they on Sundays? <laughs> Saturday, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sean Cardi, shout out to him and Ed's the awesome coaches that we had in juniors. But you know, they were under the the idea that hosting those ten AM practices on Saturday, you'll just get to sweat it out. 
um, which we did, but we didn't really show up all that functional half the time either. So it, uh, we did end up sweating out by the end of it, but there were some definitely hurdles initially in those practices when we had them. And uh, I think you could probably allude to one story in particular that uh, that's pretty funny as a result of those practices. Oh, man. Probably Joe Dogs. <laughs> the, yeah, like the, I mean, I'll never forget this. And it was like Friday, Friday night, we're doing, we're having a bit of an evening. I think, and I don't even know if we were to actually all together. Cause like, I think you had gone to like Patty Corbs's cousin's house or something for like drinks. And I was hurt. So I wasn't yeah. practicing. And, and I show up to practice and Corbs and Rue are nowhere to be found. And we had just like lost, okay. I think we like lost to the beaches or something. Like it was like, and no offense, the beaches now obviously great, but they weren't fantastic then. And so it was, it was a bit of a, like everyone come to practice, ready to roll. And so I drive over to Patty Corb's house and I go down to the base. And when I just see these two guys, like, like completely cross-eyed still like 10 30 in the morning. And, um, the anyways, ultimately they didn't end up coming to practice and the boys, I think the boys at practice had to run until Rue and Corbs showed up but then they didn't show up. So it was just like infinite running. And then I think, I think you guys had to sit out one game and then we ended up getting smoked, like take two of our, our two best players out. It wasn't exactly <laughs> a fantastic strategy, but um, yeah, that one, I'll yeah. never forget that, that feeling of like, just like, I think they took the balls off the floor and they're like, we're running until those guys come. Yeah. I think uh, that's exactly what happened. Then you came and picked us up because you're like, shit, these guys are going to run unless someone goes get some. So you picked us up and we got to the arena and, and no one was even talking to us. Like we were getting the stairs and rightfully so, right? And yeah. I think we were, we were a little, maybe a little woozy. And I think I might have tried to like play a little joke on it and that no one was having it. I'm like, oh shit, man, we're definitely in the doghouse now. <laughs> and like circle back, Bonnie, Bonnie's over here just like, I'm sending my son over to Burlington and, and, yeah. and the Hill Academy to really straighten him out. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're we're drinking Four enough drinks. Hands of damn moments. Yeah, drinking enough drinks that they have to make a two-drink rule and then miss in practice. <laughs> but it was, I mean, ton of fun. Uh -huh. And it, it's a, uh, I mean, a good little segue where I mean, we talked a little bit about Robert Morris there. But how did you, uh, how did that whole recruiting process happen? And was there kind of like any other uh, any other schools in the mix when you were at the Hill? Yeah, so it's, uh, I was kind of a late bloomer, so to speak. And I, as I mentioned, I came in in grade 12, didn't play much. I was still trying to understand the game. And so come the PG year, the uh, options were quite limited. And I think RMU was one that that was uh, showed a lot of interest in me. A um, couple other options, uh, Lehigh was one, Binghamton was another one, uh, Sienna, all of which I didn't have the SATs to get into at the time. So it also limited my options as to where I was going. But uh, man, we, we went down, I went down to Robert Morris with, uh, it was with Mags, War Religion, Inside L, and we went for an official visit. And let me tell you, man, that was one of the best weekends I've ever had up to my life in, in that year. Just, I was felt so welcome. And we went to, and they have a, like a plethora of Canadians too, right? So it was, it was, it was Bucky, it was Moose, it was Kevin Brownell, Mitch Wild, Tyler Digby. Um, you know, there's so many to name, right? And, you know, you go down there, you meet all these Canadians, you're like, shit, you just feel so welcome. And I think first night we went to a hockey game, um, you know, had fun with the boys out in the parking lot. They went to a house party second night, went to a basketball game, D1 basketball. So it was some pretty high caliber basketball that I'd never seen. And 
had another fun time with the boys tailgating up in the parking lot in the, in the gravel lot before the game and really just kind of hung out with them all weekend and got a really, really good sense of home. And I think that was in part just because we spent a lot of time together all weekend, but just seeing that they're supporting other teams, especially hockey was appealing to me too. So it, uh, it felt really nice, man. It was a cool city. I really enjoyed Pittsburgh. I think it's a sick city and, you know, if I had the choice, I think I'd, I'd live there if, if I had the option to, but um, it all just, it felt really nice, man. It all worked out pretty well. So I was happy, happy about that decision, but I can't say enough about like the group that was there before me. Cause you know, that really kind of set my decision into, in the song. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, <laughs> it kind of brings me back to like, as you're talking about it, I'm just like thinking about that Christmas break that I came down, like drove through like the most insane snowstorm of all time. And, and then we almost <laughs> got stuck on the way back here. They're like, I didn't know what lake effect snow was until like they kind of warn you about it. And then like we drove through this thing, man, on the way home. We had to stop and stay in a hotel, but where I'm in a car behind Rue, like he's driving ahead and you're fishtailing on the highway. I'm like, this is, this is <laughs> like, we got to stop. But, and then we ended up, what did we do? We went to uh, like Robert Morris Mercyhurst game, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah. So we stopped here for the night, and they uh, they end up having a game. So we end up bouncing over there, which it kind of worked out pretty well. But yeah. I think the the highway was closed anyways, right? I think we had to had to stay over. It was like you said, man. There was nothing I experienced like that before, and you know, it's it's like, oh, this is a quick drive. It's only four hours, but you're going through that stuff, man. It, it takes forever, and it's it's not a comfortable drive, that's for sure. No, just white knuckling it the whole way, but. Yeah. <laughs> that was another beauty thing though about RMU and like having a bunch of the boys visit being it relatively close to Toronto right just being that four hour distance so for a lot of the boys it was close to home but for others that had, was able to have a lot of family come visit too and it was always nice seeing you down there alone man I know we we got into a few good ones oh my god like I think one of them like you had you we had a night the night before you're like I can't do it again so and you had like an exam during the day <laughs> or something so you didn't do it but like me and Mags went out, but then Mags was flying to Manitoba at like 7 a.m. And then we ended up at like a field hockey house. I wake up in this field hockey house by myself. Mags <laughs> had already gone to catch his flight. I don't know anyone. My phone's dead. I just walked down into like the living room, like just in my boxers. It's just a chick's, chick's field hockey house. And they're all sitting there. I'm just like, like, I don't know. I don't think I know you guys. But like, I need to get out of here and I need to get home. But I, I think that yeah. might have been like, the I don't know if that was the winter break one or not, but it, uh, yeah, a lot of good times there. Yeah, might have been. No overs back then. Hey, you can't just bounce. No, no. I don't even know how, I don't even know how I solved that. But um, were you, so, sorry, were you at high point at this point too? Were you coming yeah. in from high? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had like gone home. I think your guys' winter break started a bit later than yeah. mine. So then I just came down like the week before. I must have come twice. I must have shown up twice. Yeah, I think yeah, there was definitely a few times I think you might have came down. Yeah, because that's when I that's when I met uh, just a just a blur, eh? Yeah, like and that and that's when I met Digby for the first time, and now we're uh, now we're reunited on the Riptide, so it's uh, everything's just full circle. It's uh, yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. But okay, let's get into a little a little NLL stuff. So after you finish up there going into the draft where was the draft was there did you have an idea of where you were going to go or what was going to happen going in yeah so no I, I had no idea I uh I ended up doing the victory lap at school obviously so I uh I was at RMU at the time being so bounced over to Oakville for the uh for the draft night 
Um, and I, I, I had no idea I was going to go. I had no idea when I was going to go. I actually didn't talk to any teams leading up to the draft either, but I thought it'd be a good opportunity to kind of show up and, you know, if your name gets called to, to get that jersey and take a picture, I thought it'd be a pretty feeling experience to, to have. So end up going, um, I think it was this sixth round, end up getting drafted 36 or maybe it's in the forties overall to Calgary, which obviously, like I said, I didn't speak to anyone. So it came as a surprise, but, uh, it was pretty sick, man. Ended up having a good crew that that draft year we had, man. It was a wicked class, and it was pretty sweet doing that with all those guys. We're kind of still know each other to this day, and I think most of them are still playing the league to this day. But um, ended up starting there, and then uh, showed up to camp in Calgary, and then by the time the uh, the final camp came around, it was actually one of the one of the last cuts. So they uh, they ended up leaving me. That was back when they had the I think it was the sixteen man rosters, and they hadn't had the seventeen. And yeah, so it was, uh, it was tough to break it in the league. And I knew, I knew I was in tough too. And, you know, I thought I might've had a chance, but then ended up working out the way I went. So I ended up spending that year not playing. I ended up becoming a free agent and uh, kind of just spent the off season doing some training, watching film, trying to get better in that sense. And I was fortunate enough to, to get the call from Colorado the next year. Um, Callum, actually Callum Crawford had, had done a lot of work for me and helped for me to, to get me that call from Dan Carey. And Dan was fortunate enough to give me that, I was fortunate enough to get that opportunity from Dan Carey and, you know, all of uh, everything kind of went forward since then. But it was uh, one of those moments, man. It's just another fluke. You just kind of go with the flow and, and hope fate takes its toll and it ended up working out. So, so you, you were, you were at RMU like that season you get cut or where'd yeah, you go so back I to? Was, yeah. Okay. No, so yeah, I was at RMU. So I was actually flying into camp with Digby because Dave was, was with uh, Calgary. Yep. at the time too so we were traveling from pittsburgh together to uh to camp uh, or where the camp was being held that weekend and then i just did the first half of the semester at army so i ended up bouncing back home after that and spent uh that uh that that next year at home uh prior to i don't know where i ended up playing uh senior that summer i think it must have been in the quebec league but uh it was back in corn for that time being god yeah that's what i was gonna ask next like what'd you do that summer but yeah playing that yeah. quebec league and then so danny carey wasn't that gave you the shot yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that's what happened. So I ended up playing, I was with Coburg for, I think it was three or four games and I was coming from Cornwall and it, it just become, became too much on those Sundays. Easy, I think it was, that's an easy drive. Right up the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But, uh, and then end up jumping on the, I was actually the capital city Axman auto who I ended up playing with. And that's where uh, I started playing with Calum and Calum was with, uh, with a Colorado at the time. And I, I think he, uh, he did some work kind of reached out to give me that open tryout shot. And so that next fall is when I uh, started attending the camp in Colorado. And uh, that's when the, the career really took off. And that's, I mean, it kind of coincides, you kind of mentioned it, but like you really, I mean, that that's summertime and kind of throughout that winter, like you kind of flipped the switch pretty heavily on working out and training and stuff. Did that, that just kind of come with it? Like you just did, you knew you had more to give and, and you, you wanted to just put everything you had into it. Yeah, that exactly it, Dan. Like uh, when, when I was cut, I, like I, I wasn't surprised in a sense, but I was somewhat disappointed, obviously. And I think that that's kind of just the typical characteristics of being cut. But I knew I had more to give, and I, I decided, you know, I want to do this one more time. And if I'm going to do it, I'm, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and make sure I do it well, so I have no regrets in the day. So, come that, uh, come that whole NLL season that I ended up watching on the sideline, I, uh, I guess I should say I put the trios on the back burner and started getting in the gym for the first time in my career. I wasn't even much of a gym guy at RMU. 
typical Kane fashion, thought it was too good to join the gym. So I just kind of over overlooked that. But I realized, you know, a lot of the gains you can make are in the gym and, and a lot of conf confidence gains and mental gains come from that gym too. So it's something that uh, I found success with. And I think that something that really worked for me and something I'm really passionate about to this day, because I know, you know, a lot of success I found is, is just because of the, you know, the way to take care of my body and some of the, uh, some of the fitness stuff I do. And I think, uh, you know, that's kind of instilled me now where if I'm not doing that, I think I'm, I'm not getting better because that's essentially what I feel works for me. So it's uh, definitely flipped the switch for me, man. It's, it's, it's helped a lot in that sense. Plus, like when you're putting the work in the gym, you can have a couple of trios on the side. You feel a little bit yeah, better. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's guilt-free. There's no better drink than a guilt-free yeah. drink. <laughs> but uh, w one thing that's interesting, like, you know, I respect the hell I of that like being in the gym like that's you know i think that's a huge thing too but like what you what'd you find about like playing in the nll because i also think it's tough for like you know donnie danny you guys can speak to it more than i can because i'm not i don't have hands but like you being an offensive guy how like how did you find like kind of getting adjusted to that like you do the work you're in shape but then there's still like the point that you gotta you know know the game and, and put up points like how'd you how'd you find yourself in that role hundred percent. And that's, uh, it's, it's interesting too, because my, uh, the game I played in Burlington was not transferable to, to be an NLL <laughs> rookie. You know, I, I had the ball in my stick a lot. I was taking a lot of shots, probably some shots that I shouldn't have taken and holding on to the ball more, more than, you know, you typically would in the NLL. And, you know, I knew that wasn't going to, going to roll for me, especially if you haven't been cut that first year, I think, you know, you kind of have to highlight yourself and find a role for yourself. That's something that, uh, you know, that gets you to stand out and give you a, a, something that the team wants you for. Right. And coming into Colorado, I know I had to be a greasy guy. I had to do all the little things, right. Um, had to do all the work for, for some of those other guys that do have the ball. Um, and I think that's something that uh, I really, I really focused on learning in that off season, that whole off ball game and trying to set picks and being a cutter and whatnot. And I think those are the little things that, that go a long way. And I, I thought that's what would really kind of highlight me is, is standing out. And I knew, I knew teams were looking for, you know, the, an MVP caliber player that's going to be signed um, kind of just as a free agent, you know, an unrestricted free agent that didn't make a roster. So I had to do a lot of those little work, uh, all the little things that uh, that require a lot of effort, but it ended up paying in the long run. So it's uh, it's quite an adjustment. And I would say there's only a few that can really do that to make that uh, that adjustment to the NLL to, to really um, step in and step into that role in a large sense. So finding that role for me, um, was really in, uh, instrumental in kind of solidifying my spot in, in the league and especially on that team. When you say you were watching film that, that year off, was there a, a player that you were watching a lot or kind of, what was that kind of like? We, a, we can, we can bleep this out too. If he's still in the league, if you don't want to. Get <laughs> yeah. Involved. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. No. None of you wearing the signature shoes against <laughs> <laughs> no there's uh one player i've actually yeah i grew up in in the same area who's Kyle Buchanan. he's uh he's from ottawa so and he, he played for the indians too when i was a kid i'd go watch the indians and he's a smaller guy shifty guy and i've always been a small guy my whole life so he's always been someone that's i've looked up to since minors and having to go to school with him and now seeing him play in the nll you know i still watch his game i structure you know a lot of what i do around what he does because I think he's a very similar in the sense that, you know, he does all those effort plays, right? Get those big loose balls. He does the things that you know, a lot of other guys aren't being asked to do. And, you know, he steps up and make those big plays. And those are the ones that can kind of be backbreakers in, in the end of the clock. So he's one I, I certainly uh, have, I've always looked up to uh, my entire life. But obviously there's there's some of those greats, right? Like 
junior was playing and I got the opportunity to play a couple of games with junior. And he's always been a big fan of mine just to watch, you know, it's, it's highlight real material that you're, you can't take your eyes away from. So it's uh, he was a big one for me as well too. And then obviously some of those, some of those other legends like date JT and, and whatnot. So it, uh, but certainly Kyle Buchanan was, was one I was, I was looking up to. That's awesome, man. So, I mean, take us through, like, did you know, like, I think it was during the draft, right? The trade the, to, to Albany. Yeah, I was, uh, I think I was actually watching the draft and I got the call, I got the call prior and the call was from, uh, from Brad self. And like, I was like, oh shit, this can only really mean one thing. Right. And you know, it's, it's, it's tough, right. You're, you're with the team for four years, but sports is a business man and you're a professional. So, you know, you got to understand that sometimes you're just, you're not necessarily a pawn, but you are a pawn in the game. And you know, you say your thanks and, you know, you just look forward to that new opportunity, right? You kind of kind of forget about uh, where you were and look into the future where you're going. But it uh, it definitely came by surprise to me. I, I had no idea, which uh, I'm sure some most trades do happen for a lot of people. But it was uh, certainly a learning experience. Getting traded at that level is uh, a different uh, a different experience. But it's uh, it's always one that once you go through once, it gets a little bit easier every other time you do it. So I was uh, happy to get that, I guess, one under the belt. And I remember because I was watching the draft too, and I remember. Oh, Teddy was just. Teddy was rattled. so shook. He was so shook. <laughs> he, he couldn't believe when it came across the screen. He's just like, "I, what? We did what? We traded who?" <laughs> yeah, it, it was crazy. It, uh, it, it, you know what though? It ended up working well for me, man. I, I loved my time in Albany. We had an awesome group last year, and you know we. Uh, developed a lot of new friendships as a result of that and it worked out uh, logistically too i was living in cornwall last year and so albany was only i think it was like a three and a half hour drive down the game so it was probably the closest i've kind of been, been to uh to where i was living and then traveling just traveling to denver from from ottawa or montreal every weekend becomes a lot too so it uh it was nice to have a little bit of relief and in, in travel for that year and i mean after I did you did you kind of let people know what was going on in terms of like moving out west or like what or did they know you were living there when when the whole Vegas thing happened? Yeah, so I, I um I have a pretty good relationship and I guess rapport with with Clarky and, and and Clem who was uh, the uh, coach and GM respectively in in Albany and they uh, I was open with them and I let them know that um, I was going to be moving out west and likely going to be staying out there for, for for an extended period of time and. I did articulate to them that, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in staying in the team house at weeks at a time um, just to, you know, cater to, to both parties for, for a little bit of easier travel. But I think uh, in the long run, it, it really didn't make that sense logistically. I, you know, getting to Albany from from Toronto or even from the Midwest United States is an issue. So being on an island in Canada, can, can, you can imagine how tough it would be to, to get there. But they uh, they were kind enough to do me the favor to keep me on the West Coast to keep travel easy. And Sean Williams is the guy that uh, he's coached me in in Colorado before, I think for a couple of years. And we have a good relationship as well, too. So in Cody Mall, who's the assistant GM there, I've worked with in Colorado for years. So it would uh, it was kind of it was refreshing to, to be working with them again. And then obviously to be on the West Coast made it uh, made a lot more easier travel. So it ended up working really well. And, you know, know quite a few guys on the team from, from prior lacrosse experiences and really settling into the group we have now at, uh, with the team. And I think we're really starting to build our, our chemistry and that camaraderie in the locker room. So looking forward to, to moving forward with that group we have uh, out with the desert dog County and country. Yeah. I mean, it's a good segue. It's <clears throat> what's, what's that like? What was like the first trip to Vegas? Like what was like the kind of going in to see, like, cause it's always, 
each team kind of functions different, right? Like whether it's game day routine, training staff, you know, how you get your gear, like every, how media days run, like what was all that like for you kind of going into Vegas? Yeah. I mean, it's still, it's still so surreal going to Vegas every weekend, man. It's, it's like, it's crazy to think about we're there nine, 10 times a year going to Las Vegas, Nevada. It's uh, it's insane, man. But getting down there the first time your eyes are just, you're wide open. Like you're buzzing. You got the energy flowing. You can't sleep. You know, you're right on the strip. You're like, I got, I got to go, you know, get some really some energy, check some stuff out, but you know, you're there to be a professional and you get the times at the, at the end of the, at the end of the weekend, sometimes to, to go have some fun. So you save it for that, but getting in there for the first time, you know, the organization, it's, it's all class. And I think in respect to, to some of those guys that have, that have been in the league before, like Mahler and Sean Williams, they know how to, to successfully run a program and, you know, what's expected out of them, what's expected out of us. And everything has been very well organized, very well run. And uh, we have quite an awesome staff from the front office staff to, you know, the upper management, even to our training staff too. We have we have our trainer flying in every weekend from Toronto. So it's uh, they really care about what we're doing. And I guess, uh, you know, there, there's no shortage um, of, of, you know, of, you know, I guess you should say the resources are plentiful for us right now. So there's no excuses for us. And uh, we're, we're really set up really well. And I think that's testament to the ownership we have, but, you know, they're really doing a good job to, to make this a professional organization and it's uh, they've done a good job so far. So looking forward to keep this going. And like, I think, you know, me and Dan kind of were part of, um, expansion organizations like with with rochester and 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 new york but i think just kind of like the the fanfare and like who was behind vegas had, had to be a little more I shouldn't say exciting but kind of almost gives you like a little extra pep in the step like saying you're going to an expansion team and you kind of know who's who's behind all the scenes and stuff as well right yeah absolutely and it's like it's so cool like even to this day you're always saying like yeah our teams you know someone asked like run by like nash gretzky and 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 dj and obviously josiah and it's just you get these conversations people like i can't believe that that's so sick that's crazy like tell me more about it because it really is a pretty crazy experience and we got the opportunity to to see gretzky nash at the uh, at the first game and you know they uh the ownership group held a pretty pretty sick party for us after the game up at the uh the Mandalay Bay penthouse. So they, uh, they showed out pretty well in that first weekend and got the boys together and, and allowed us to have a fun time. So they, uh, they're certainly contributing to the, uh, the chemistry building on the team. But uh, like you said, it's, uh, it's crazy coming into an expansion team. You don't know what to expect. Right. And I think even for me last year, going to Albany was a new experience, but that locker room has been together from, from new England previously. So you're not like you're building, you know, a new foundation from the bottom up. And that's something that I've never been a part of myself. And, kind of developing that in in um in vegas has, has been a learning experience but it's been really interesting um in that sense and i know that both you paulie and dan can kind of speak to that and i guess donnie you could kind of speak to that too as well 100 percent. what about uh potting that first goal in uh, vegas history take us through that <laughs> yeah no it's uh first home goal in vegas history we'll, we'll say that true well, sorry but, yeah, uh, yeah i meant yeah the home over sorry sorry <laughs> It's no, not like we do our research to, here to Wags for getting the first goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it was good, man. It was, uh, it was electric. Just one of those plays, you know, you're making a play and you're able to catch it and threw it on net and was fortunate enough to drop. And, you know, I didn't really realize at the time it was the first goal. You're kind of just buzzing and going with the flow. And then 
you know, you get, you kind of get lit up after with uh, the phone and some people kind of reaching out to you and telling you all this stuff. So it's, uh, it's good to feel kind of, uh, I guess the shout outs and respected and appreciated for, for that, or, or the, I guess you'd say acknowledge, not respect and appreciated, but it was pretty neat to, for that sense. But I'll say, man, that building buzzes. I know we're just getting started, but the season ticket holders, the fans that come out after the games, it's pretty incredible what, uh, what Vegas has to offer. And it's, I mean, there, you can see in the other sports too, right. With, with hockey and then the football and I think baseball is now trying to get in there and, and basketball as well. So we're really set up well for, for the fan base there. So it's, uh, it's exciting to, to, to get in that rink and to, to try and represent really well for, for the town. And I think uh, just bringing that first win will really get them going. I, I, I speaking of fans, we were just talking about this before you hopped on, like, <laughs> Donnie did a little post game interview, I guess, game one there. And uh, one of the, one of the fans was banging on the glass, telling me he had a baby dick and holding up his pinky and <laughs> telling him that. <laughs> so to I, Donnie? To Donnie, they're fast. Yeah, this guy was like telling me I suck and I'm a pussy and doing this to me. And I mean, after all that stuff happened at the end of the game, there was like tons of people coming up to our bench, telling our coaches they're going to fight him and stuff. And it was just like, this is game one. Like, holy, what's going no on? No way. Here? I love that. that was, Ruthless. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, but that's what we were saying, though. Like, sometimes you go in these markets and, you know, you got to, like, kind of explain things, what's going on, or people are, like, trying to figure it out. But, like, hearing that, I'm like, dude, that's amazing. Because I was just talking to another guy who just had to, your second game. It's like, yeah, the crowd was great. But then hearing that from Donnie, it's like, that's what you want. You rather just people comment and just be mutants and just be aggressive. Like just, if you don't even know the sport, but just get into it. So it's kind of, kind of exciting. Like that, you know, again, we may have hit like some, the jackpot here kind of. Yeah. It's sick. Like they're, they're just passionate about being fans, man. Like whatever it is, you throw a Vegas logo on it. They're like, we're in, we're buying in. It's, it's pretty sick. They, they get behind you whatever it is. And I think uh, there was a little bit of good action in that first home game, Donnie at the end of the game. And I think that really got the fans going, which is what they probably expected out of the game, the whole game, which got them in the door in the first place. But uh, I know that they'll, they'll keep coming and they'll keep chirping for, for that reason. Yeah. It, it was funny in that game. Like the crowd was so ready. And then uh, there was a penalty called on Vegas, like six seconds into the game. And you could tell the crowd was like, wait, yeah. what the hell was that? Like, what the fuck? Like, know, I, what, dude, what even just I happened? Know. It was some like infraction off the face off or whatever. And the crowd was just like, huh? Yeah. Like, what's that? That was, uh, Donnie, that was my penalty. So before I got the first home goal in Vegas, I got the first home penalty too. And like, and they scored on it like six seconds in. It's just like head, head in your hands is one of those. I think it was like a high sticking call that just kind of slipped up and you're like, Oh, this is how we're going to get the home started. You're going to, you're going to do this shit. So it was a tough one to swallow, but yeah, it was jokes, man. Six seconds in, like you serious. That's awesome. I love that. It was you too. When you yeah. brought it up, yeah. take one penalty a year and get it the first six seconds of your home game. And they go and score. <laughs> they all, they think you're like the tough guy now roughing it up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get up away. <laughs> that's awesome what's the the boys like solidified a go-to spot post game yet i guess man that's the beauty of, of being new to the new to the town you still got to try a bunch of spots out to figure out where the go-to spot is i think uh the first the first weekend we had our home opener we went over to win they have uh they have a pretty sick nightclub in there i think it's called excess and i think uh 
they just bang it till it's like 6 a.m. And it, it's kind of crazy. Like, I know they say it in Vegas, there's no clocks, there's no windows, and you lose track of time, but you you truthfully lose track of time. I think we were in there. It was still, I think it was 4 a.m. by the time we left, and the DJ was still playing like mid-set loud music, and you just knew this was going to like 6 or 7 a.m. And it's like, wow, this is insane. Luckily, I got out of there at 4, but you know you could be stuck in there for a long night, early morning. I'm proud of you. That's a that's a hell of an escape time. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Job, right? <laughs> hey, first first penalty, first yeah. goal, first guy to leave before four. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, if it wasn't for the 10 a.m. flight, I'm sure it would have been a different story, but <laughs> yeah. Vegas, Vegas is gonna be, you know, like usually you get that 6 a.m. flight, hey, right from the bar to the airport. Vegas is going to be the first one. Guys have 2, oh, 2 p.m. flights going right from the bar to the to the airport still. <laughs> <laughs> right from the pool party? Packing your, yeah. Packing your bag before you even go out, eh? Yeah, yeah. exactly. You just so put you know your, you uh, put your airport clothes on to the bar. <laughs> Love that move. <laughs> um. I know what, that's, I mean, what's, what's kind of, wait, oh, I guess the other one, have you, uh, you spent some time with the great one yet or what? So I, uh, just in passing, a few of the boys got to meet him the night before our home opener. We had a little promo event with some fans. Um, I unfortunately didn't get the chance to meet him, but I think, uh, at some other point this year, at least hopefully that we'll get the chance to meet him again. But, uh, he has, he has shown face, man. He's incredible. Both him and Nash, like they're not afraid. I mean, I'm sure you know, it's part of what they do, but they're not afraid to get out there and, and mingle with the fans and, and kind of <clears throat> just be welcoming and, and, you know, speaking with people. And I know they, they probably get pulled in every direction, but, you know, they're good to, to do so. So it was pretty awesome to see that. So it, uh, I imagine we'll be back and they'll be able to show face and hopefully get the chance to kind of cross paths and maybe even shake a hand, sign a couple of towels or two. Yeah. <laughs> sign the old hockey card collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. I've been holding on to this for 20 years. <laughs> I got, I think that's, that's pretty much all I've got for him, Paul. I know you might have another question there. What, we just, well, we try and do this thing. Are you wearing, you, you still wearing number 20 for Vegas? Yeah, still 20. That was Where, a, uh, that, that was a funny story too. I think yep. um, I was, uh, I was, when I was first with Colorado, this is one, this kind of a shrinker. They, they, they give you a choice of three numbers, which you want to wear. I'm like, yeah, first one, 22, second one, nine, third, 20. Like, I, I did not think I'd be wearing 20. 22 and nine are both in the rafters, so no chance I'm getting those numbers. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, this is not the way I want to start the season. That's good. And, and did you – you wore that in junior too, didn't you? 20? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Word in junior, but it would never was my uh, my first choice. Twenty two and nine are, are always been up there, so it uh, ended up coming back to it though, which has been nice. And then once I got to then a lot, it's like you know what, I got to stick with this number. It's become something more than just a junior number. So that's unreal. That's beautiful. That's actually a hilarious story. Yeah. Just didn't check the game <laughs> notes at first. In you should have put twenty. You, you should have put twenty four on there too. Just yeah. to, for junior. Yeah, just to, yeah, just yeah, 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 that's right. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to ask one more question too. I was I was listening to a podcast recently and thought it was kind of interesting. But uh, what is your favorite lacrosse memory when you look back on kind of all the all the years? And if it's you know tied to it, what's the best game you think you've ever been a part of at the, the different stops? Uh, 
There's uh, I'm trying to think, man. That's a that's a good question. There's been some pretty incredible games that uh, that I've had. I think one that I don't. This comes to mind right away. One that I've I've had is um, we were playing. I was even playing in Colorado. There's a game in Calgary. Um, I think it was like prior to Christmas, but uh, one of one of the players, I don't know if it was Joy Computer or whatnot, they, they went out. And Calgary's always been a rival for us in Colorado. And um, I was fortunate enough to to wear the A that game. And I think this is in like maybe our second or third year. And we ended up getting the win. I think I might have scored a goal or two, but just getting that win against Calgary prior to Christmas, the boys are buzzing, and then being fortunate enough to to get called up to where the A that game and to know that you know your your teammates have belief in you and trust in you to get the job done was was quite a moment that, that sparked some energy in me. And then once we got that win, it was it was pretty cool to say. So I think that's one thing that comes to my mind first when you ask that, Donnie. But I mean, if if you gave it some thought, I'm sure there's, there's quite a few few others, but. Just having that, uh, being able to to kind of lead your boys and you know know that they're looking up to you is a pretty incredible feeling. So I really enjoyed that. It's a good answer. It's a hell of an answer, and <laughs> it's and it's. The, I mean, the team you kind of started with too. Eh? There's a little bit of like vengeance there too, getting that win against them. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Good stuff, man. Well, I again appreciate you taking the time. I think that uh, unless you guys have anything else for them, we can let them. Uh, let you go, man. It's uh, yeah, great time playing together. We're long overdue for a get together here. I can't remember when that was that last time I came to Ottawa, but we uh, we definitely did. A, I think it's it's been long enough. I needed this time. I needed the two or three years here. I think in between. But you got to get out to the island, man. Yeah, that's where you got to go. Maybe see that's yeah. what we'll do this yeah. summer. Plan the trip out there too. Uh, I'm in. Yeah, Paulie's in. Donnie's in. There. I like it. <laughs> yeah, thanks, fellas. It's a pleasure to come on the pod and uh, be a big fan of you guys and wish all the best uh, in the future and, and good luck in your games as well, too. All right. This is the first, might be one of the first times in history, one of the very few times that we've done like an actual full recording of the banter directly yeah. into an interview, directly into the exit here um there's gonna be a little the first time yeah it feels it feels like we're really getting hang here this is basically a live show we just yeah essentially a live show yeah new year new us boys let's go yeah yeah this is it's only what do we at january 12th january 11th and we're recording like our first episode of the year (laughs) uh did we get a did we get a 71 by the way curtis dixon did we say that am i i'm okay cut it we'll cut it no oh we didn't say it we didn't say it so Curtis okay, cool. an episode here uh, but that was Jacob Brouet good little chat with him lots of memories lots that definitely can't be spoken into uh, um, <laughs> into the I forgot to ask about the eyelash trick fuck what a move it was where you you go up and you go and you ask a girl if she's wearing fake eyelashes and they get offended and then it's like you kind of look and it's like no let me see and they close their eyes and you just plant one on them um, <laughs> and it, it usually goes one of two ways you're getting a slap in the face or or you're uh or it's working out for you in the at the end of the night but um that was definitely a big junior move we used to always pull but i'm pretty sure patty corpse tried to pull it on my girlfriend once so that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> a bit fucked up but um so many memories with Ruay man and and again huge shout out to Bonnie I know bon- Bonnie was is a rock star and she coaches um with his brother like they she still like goes and coaches the Cornwall teams the young teams I know like a few years ago they won a, a C championship so it's they're still uh still active in lacrosse community and she's she's awesome spent a lot of time with my parents so um shout out to the Ruays but um 
I guess the other thing too, we want to talk about before, uh, before we shut it down here is we put a post out there. It's official boys. We've got merch and we've got merch from one of the best lacrosse companies. You can get it from here in bar down lacrosse. They're big on the scene. It's going to be launched soon uh, with a few items. We're going to see how those items do and then hopefully expand them. Now we think these things are nice. I love it. It, it took, there's a lot of behind the scenes that went into it and figuring out logistically how we're going to make it work. Um, but, uh, but we're pumped about it, man. It's, uh, it's really exciting. We can kind of rep the brand and I know we're going to get some stuff for guests too. So I, now I'm going to have a lineup of people trying to come on just to yeah. get a hat. Um, Cause that's how lacrosse works, but uh, free stuff, all the boys come running. So uh, yeah, really, really excited about it. Um, the other thing we definitely want to say about that is, you know, if you're out there, you're listening to this, you got a club team, um, you, you know, you've got a junior team, you got a minor team, whatever it might be. You're looking for jerseys. You're looking for warm up shirts. You're looking for anything, hats, whatever. Um, reach out to the guys at Bar Down. They're awesome. Very responsive. Tell them back of the bird sent you, um, and and get your team hooked up because this stuff's awesome. They 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 created some uh, some hoodies and hats for uh, for the Riptide and it was sold out in the first quarter of our first game. Um, everybody loves this stuff. So check them out. We're pumped. Keep your eyes peeled for uh, for our posts on social to uh, to get the link out there. Anything else, Donnie? I miss anything? No, it's just a cool, uh, cool little milestone for us. You know, 71 episodes is, is pretty crazy. Obviously I haven't been here for all 71, but, uh, we've done quite a few at this point. So, uh, cool milestone, something we've been talking about since pretty much the start, uh, really. And the fact that we're actually going to have, uh, some back to bird merchandise is pretty sweet. So a little bird bump for the bird boys. Bird, yeah. yeah. Can you bird, bird can bump. you bump yourself? Actually the whole bird gang. I think the whole bird gang gets a bump. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Polly, anything else before uh, before we send it away? I'll see you Sunday, I guess. Yeah, I'll see you Sunday. I won't get into it, but go check out the Hatchet Wielding Hitchhiker documentary on Netflix. Everyone will remember the guy. Smash, smash, smash. That guy has that documentary? Dude, it's actually super crazy. And it all happens within three months watch it it's wild it's the guy with like the crazy hair and like the red shirt i can yeah, exactly he was homeless and he like stopped like a killer essentially but dude watch it it's actually super interesting all right i'm gonna go draw a hey, bath and watch it right now have you guys seen glass onion yet i did i loved it i watched it on the plane paul did you see it no i didn't know it was a second uh, i'll give it yeah we'll give it we'll give it some time okay. Yeah, you gotta it. go watch that. I'll watch it. Yeah, and I loved it. I loved it until like the last 10 minutes. I thought it was yes. I thought the ending was stupid. That fucking Madeline Klein, though, let me tell you. <laughs> Whiskey in the in the I think that's her name. Oh yeah. unbelievable. Yep. But all right, yep. that pretty much does it for episode 71 of Back of the Bird, presented by Cottage Springs. We'll chat with you next week. Peace. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. If you want to sign, this is it You're mad, your magic, you're as hard as a gun You want to play with fire, consider this You'll chase the thrill if it's worth it Cause you never ever want to work for it Take your first ride and run, baby run You got a spine of steel and a roar of thunder Don't